0: Listening to audio from Faith Church, located on the north side of Indianapolis. If you'd like to check out more information about our church and ministry, please visit faithchurchindy.com.
1: Hey, Faith Church, we're the Weesmans. This summer sabbatical has been great, but we sure are missing our faith family, and can't wait to be back uh, in worship with you in about a month or so. Uh, today's scripture reading comes from Proverbs 18, verses 1 through 8 and 12 through 21.
0: Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire, and he breaks out against all sound judgment. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. When wickedness comes, contempt comes also, and with dishonor comes disgrace. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. A fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. It is not good to be partial to the wicked or to deprive the righteous of justice. A fool's lips walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his ruin and his lips are a snare to his soul. The words of a whisper are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. It.
1: Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. A man's spirit will endure sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear? An intelligent heart acquires knowledge and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. The one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. The lot puts an end to quarrels and decides between powerful contenders. A brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city and quarreling is like the bars of a castle. From the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. This is the word of the Lord.
2: Good morning. My name is Mark Dunker, and I'm part of the faith missions community here, along with my wife, Alyssa, and our kids. We've been living in uh, Tanzania, East Africa. In fact, next month will be 10 years since you launched us out of here. Hard to believe it's been 10 years. Thank you. Thank you for praying for us supporting us, encouraging us. We are so grateful that you have been a part of training church leaders uh, in Africa with us. And we came back last year due to COVID, and we've been here maybe a bit longer than we were hoping. We were hoping to already be back in Africa, and we uh, are looking forward to returning. Our hearts are there, but the great thing about being here is that we get to be a part of this community here at Faith. We love this church. We love being a part of a community where people love and serve and pray and worship and grieve and uh, and celebrate that we do these things together. We're grateful to be part of this community. Now, God has called us to be in Community. Do you remember what Jesus' prayer was? In, in John 17, Jesus praying for, for all of those who would believe. His prayer is that we would be one. His prayer is that we would be one. Community is something that God has designed. It's not something that we uh, just want and we think church is a good thing. We're supposed to be doing this. We've been called to do this. We've been created for community. Uh, At the end of the service, you're going to get to hear from the students heading out, and there's a lot of prayer cards. Uh, You'll be able to pick up the prayer cards for the students who are graduating, uh, who have graduated high school and they're moving on. So many of them, in their prayer requests, they're praying that they can make good friends, that they could find good community. This This is what we've been created for. Unfortunately, when we look at our communities, whether that's church, our families, uh, work and school, we just see so much division. We see so much brokenness, that God has called us to be one, but we're not often one. And I have to be honest, that I am really saddened at the words that I have spoken at the things that I have done to break community, to break relationship. When I look at some of the ways that I've treated others around me, it's pretty sad. I'm guessing I'm not the only one. Think of a relationship that you have or had that's gone south. I remember working with a... a a team, this is years ago, and uh, along with uh, another guy, we really thought that there was something that we needed to share with this uh, other person we were working with, and, and we felt that we could bring this truth and, and that he would hear it and respond. So the three of us sat down, and as we were talking, as we were sharing these things, this guy wasn't getting it. And we were getting frustrated like, no, you don't understand, this is a problem. This is a problem that's going on in your life and this conversation wasn't going very well and then I I said something. I'm not gonna tell you what I said, that would be too embarrassing right now, but our relationship never recovered. Now our relationship wasn't that strong to start with and I, I, I do believe that there was truth in what I was trying to share, but I wasn't listening to him well. I certainly was more concerned concerned about the truth that I wanted to share than about what was going on in my brother's heart. We do that, don't we? We mess up relationships. I am tired. I am tired of the damage that I bring to the relationships around me. Why do we do this? Why are relationships so difficult? Even this week, I'm guessing that some of you have had some really tough conversations with people you love and people you care about. As we've been preaching through this uh, uh, the the summer, the series on Proverbs. We've been looking at the theme of wisdom. Two weeks ago, Pastor Curtis spoke on the way of wisdom with our words, and he asked us a question. He asked us a question. What do our words communicate about our hearts? If you you missed that sermon, I would encourage you to go uh, wherever you get the, the faith podcast, go listen to that. If you don't know how to get that, ask someone. Great message, really challenging us to look at how our words come out of our hearts. This is kind of part two of that. And we're going to look at how our words and our interactions with others really impacts the community around us. So we're continuing this idea of of wisdom. The assumption that we've had from the beginning of this series is that we would all want wisdom. If you look at Proverbs 4-7, I think this is one of the best Proverbs. Proverbs 4-7 says, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. So friends, if you want wisdom, I encourage you, get wisdom. What is wisdom? I think maybe the the best uh, definition of, I don't know if it's a definition, but description of wisdom is in James chapter 3. Uh, I'll get to Proverbs 18. But in James chapter 3, if you want to turn there with me, James chapter 3, James is describing wisdom, and there's two kinds of wisdom. There's earthly wisdom, which he actually calls demonic, and then there's wisdom from above. In James chapter 3, verse 13, James says, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Down in verse 17, the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. As we see how James is describing wisdom here, wisdom is in the context of relationship. I think we can gain knowledge, we can get more stuff in our brain, but I don't know that we can just we can get wisdom and it just sits there I haven't read this anywhere, but I would say that wisdom separated from relationship isn't wisdom. Wisdom is knowing God's best for how to live our lives and how to interact uh, with one another. So as we look at, at chapter 18 here, we're going to see some convicting truths. It's really convicting, uh, been convicting to me, and we're going to see how our wisdom and our foolishness really does impact communities. Now, I want healthy relationships. I want healthy community. My guess is that you want that too. Unfortunately, our foolishness hinders community. Our foolishness hinders community. Now, this happens in a number of ways. First, let's look at verse one. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. God's call for us is to be one. But we selfishly separate ourselves from other people. Why? Because it's easier. Relationships are hard work. Now, I need to mention something here. We're going to be talking about relationships and how... uh, We really mess things up a lot. And I'm going to be looking at, um, we are going to be looking at here what God is saying to us. But I know that there are some of us here who are in abusive relationships. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't really have time to dig into that now. But as I'm talking about our response to people when they're talking, I I don't want you to hear me saying that if somebody is abusing me, you need to sit there and take it. That's not what I'm saying. If you need help, I pray that you would speak to somebody. There are a lot of people who would love uh, to, to help you. So I, I just needed to say that. But we are called to community. And so when we isolate ourselves, when we, we pull, pull ourselves away, we're going to see that's foolish. Now, someone approached Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, what is the most important commandment? And what was the most important commandment? To love God. And then he said, the second is this. To love your neighbor. To love your neighbor. All of the law and the commandments are summed up in these. Loving God and loving neighbor. How can we love neighbor when we separate ourselves from our neighbor? How can we love one another? How can, be, how can we be one when we're avoiding community? Unfortunately, we... See that community is what God has called us to, but community is hindered because fools like us don't listen well. Community is hindered when fools like us don't listen well. I just called you a fool. Did you catch that? Hoping you didn't miss that. We are fools. According to God and according to Proverbs 18. If we get to the end of the message today and you said, hey, I don't see myself anywhere in here, I'm happy to retract that, okay? But I know I am a fool in how I interact with others. And my guess is you are too. We are fools. We are fools because we don't listen well. Verse two says, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. We are foolish, we are fools when we don't want to understand what the other person is saying. We only want to express our own opinion. Why does this happen? Why don't we listen well? Think of it, how many conversations, after I preached this the first hour, I had multiple people coming up to tell me that in the short break after the message, they caught themselves interrupting one another. We do it all the time. We don't listen well. We don't seek understanding. We just want to say what we want to say. Why? Can I be honest? Because I think my words are more important than yours. I think my truth is more truthful than your truth. I think my time is more valuable than yours. When I interrupt so that I can say what I wanna say without listening to you and without trying to understand what you've said, it's not just that I'm valuing my words more, I'm valuing myself more. I think that I am more important than you. Therefore, I am not required to listen to you. Okay, that's a pretty ugly thing to actually (laughs) have come out of my mouth, but I think that that's what's happening. How do we do this? Well, one way that we do this, we see in verse 13. Verse 13, if one gives an answer before he hears, it's his folly and shame. Or as the NIV says, to answer before listening. That's folly and shame. To answer before listening. That's shameful. If I don't listen to you, if we're not listening to the person that we're talking to, and we just give an answer, we just start talking? That's foolish and shameful. How do we do this, or why do we do this? I think the first thing is we assume that we know where the other person's going, right? We finish their sentence. I did this to my wife yesterday. I'm in the middle of preparing the sermon. We're talking, and I cut her off, and I said, oh, my goodness, right? We do this all the time, right? I assume I know what you're saying, my time's pretty valuable, I don't wanna sit here and wait for you to finish what you're saying. Let me finish it so we can move on and the conversation can move the direction I want. Okay, I think that's pretty harsh and I know I'm describing myself. Another time or another way that we don't, that we answer before listening is, is we hear something And we know that what we have to say in our truth is more important than their truth. That they're wrong somehow. There's there's something that needs to be corrected. So instead of listening, seeking understanding, asking questions, we jump right in and correct. However we do it, I think it all centers on the same thing. Every conversation, every relationship, needs to be based around me. I should be the center of my conversations. I should be the center of the drama of my life. What would happen if we actually saw that God is supposed to be the center? And I'm not above you, but it's so hard. It's so hard. I find myself doing it all the time, turning conversations towards me. When I'm doing this again, what am I saying? I'm saying I'm more valuable than you. I'm more valuable than you. Can I make a comment on what these verses don't say? I know like, you know, preachers, we're supposed to preach what the Bible does say, but we look at this, you know, we're supposed to listen for understanding we're supposed to um, not answer before we really hear well the bible doesn't say that we're supposed to listen uh, first and listen for understanding unless the person you're talking to is really stupid right? listen and seek understanding unless they're a democrat or a republican Listen for understanding unless you're the parent and they're the child and they just got to listen to you and do whatever you say. The the Bible doesn't say this. The Bible says that if we don't want to be fools, we should be people who can step back from what we want to say and the agenda that we want to get across and we can listen. We can listen well. Again, what if they're spouting foolishness? That's okay. According to this passage, we're supposed to listen and seek understanding. At a minimum, at a minimum, we're going to communicate to the other person that we care about them, and and we care what they have to say. But at best, we might actually understand them better, understand where they're coming from. It might help us to build relationship. We might even gain some wisdom. Verse 15 says, an intelligent heart acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. Can I just say that it's really hard to gain gain wisdom and understanding and knowledge when we're the ones talking? So when we look at these verses, again, we see that, that not only do we not value other people's words, we, we don't value them as people, and we see that back in verse 3, and commentators, they say that verses 1, 2, and 3 are kind of building on each other, this fool that isolates and doesn't want understanding and only wants to speak their own truth. And we get to verse 3, and it says, when wickedness comes, contempt comes also, and with dishonor comes disgrace. What is contempt? Contempt is feeling... You have no value. There's nothing in you that I need to listen to. You are not worthy of my time. How many of us in the the news that we consume, do we sit there and listen to people speaking about the other side with contempt? Not only are their, their views wrong, but they're actually evil, wicked people. And I think, I think one of the things that that happens to us is when we allow ourselves, when we we feed on a diet of this superior, self-righteous attitude, this contempt towards the other, when we feed ourselves with that, I think it's easy for us to start doing that and looking at others with contempt. I don't care who it is, That's on the other side. I don't know who it is that you're talking to and you're you're arguing with or you have a broken relationship with, but that's a person created in the image of God. God's call to us is to be one. God's call to us is to be one. Unfortunately, again, community is hindered because fools like us don't, don't listen well. And we see in the passage also that community is hindered because fools like us, we don't speak well. We don't speak well. When we speak, we speak foolishly. Look with me at verses 6 and 7. A fool's lips walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to his soul. I'm not going to talk a lot about foolish speech, Again, encourage you to go back and hear uh, Pastor Curtis's message. But foolish speech—that's when we're saying things that are, that's harmful for community. That's not building others up. We do this all the time. Our foolish speech. We we walk in to a conversation, ready for a fight. I'm going to tell them. I'm going to tell them what they need to know, and we go in and we blast people. <laughs> And we prepare to go in and tear people apart. What's wrong with us, friends? Maybe if you've been sitting in a conversation and things are going bad and then you think something, oh, that'd be a good zinger, but then don't say it, don't say it, and then you say it. That's foolish speech. That's foolish speech back in proverbs I'm jumping out of 18 back in proverbs 16:28 it says a whisperer separates close friends and here in verse 8 back in 18:8 eight, sorry I'm jumping around chapter 18 verse 8 the words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels they go down into the inner parts of our body one of the main types of foolish speech that we engage in is gossip and slander we love to talk about other people. Isn't that what the news is? Right? We love to talk about other people. I love to eat chips and salsa. I'm pretty low class. But when you got good chips with a really nice salsa and you're eating it and you got the kind of the tangy and the spicy and the salty, oh, it's so good. And when I'm eating it, I like to eat it slowly so I can savor it. That's what we do with gossip. Mm, We think about it, we savor it. We want to hear these things about other people, why? I think it's because gossip builds community. I didn't make a mistake, I think it does. I think gossip builds community. Unfortunately, it's not the right kind of community. What happens when we gossip? When you and I are talking about someone else, when we're able to laugh at them or mock them, Make fun of them in some way. We're building a closer bond, a closer relationship. But that community, that bond that's being built, is at the expense of the community that God's calling us to, that we would all be one. I don't have time to go into gossip, but here's my my advice. Stop it. when you hear someone talking about someone else, I would encourage you just to politely, but just interject, I know I said don't interrupt, I'm telling you now to interrupt, okay? Just politely say, excuse me, is what you're gonna share, is that gonna help us to build community with that person? Is that gonna help us love them more? And if not, say, I'd rather not hear it. And if you start to say something and realize that you're sharing gossip, stop it, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say what I'm saying. Foolish speech. We break community through our foolish speech. Mm -hmm. Instead of being fools who hinder community, let's be peacemakers. Let's be people who who bring God into situations, who bring peace, right? Wisdom that James was talking about, it's peaceable. We should not be people who, who fight. We should be people who build community by being peacemakers. I want to be a peacemaker. I want to be somebody who's building relationship and not breaking relationship. Foolish speech, gossip, slander, these things destroy. These things destroy community. Okay? I don't want to be somebody who's stopping community because of the things that I say. Verses 20 and 21 are a great conclusion, great for us to think about as we, as we uh, close our time here. Verse 20, from the fruit of a person's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He's satisfied by the yield of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. The words we speak are really powerful. and we are going to bear the consequences, and we will be judged on the things we say and how we treat other people. is hindered because fools like us, we don't listen well and we don't speak well. And that's not who God has called us to be. Our foolishness, our foolishness can destroy community. Instead, let's be people who build community. How can we do this? First, I think we need to be self-aware. We just need to start listening to ourselves more. Okay? And hopefully, today this will this will help you So start listening to hear. How many times am I cutting off other people? Okay, how many times, parents, do we cut off our kids because we're just tired of them? I'm just being serious, guys. Sorry. How many times do we cut off our spouse because, oh, well, I've heard that before or I, I'm busy, okay? We do it all the time. Let's be self-aware. Let's stop. Let's listen. Sitting down and listening to another pe- person, it's a good thing. Slowing down and being in community, it's a good thing. It's something we're called to. How do we do it? I think that the greatest thing is James 1.9, going back to James, Let's be quick to listen and slow to speak. If you want to tap, tattoo that one on your arm, okay? quick to listen, slow to speak. If we remember that, I think it's going to have a, a huge impact on our relationships and the community around us. Okay? There's a question. Well, what about you know Ephesians four fifteen? It says to speak the truth in love. Yeah, but but. Paul never actually tells us we need to speak in every situation. There might be times when it's best not to speak. If you think you're going to have a tough conversation, I would encourage you to pray, and pray quite a bit before that. You might find that the thing that you felt was so important, it might not be as important, or your love for that person really might, might grow. I'm not saying truth doesn't matter, but I'm saying that community matters. And God has called us to be one. God has called us to unity and community. When we can recognize our own foolishness, take ourselves out of the center, honor and value others, we build community. We gain wisdom. And I think we honor God, the one who has called us to be one. Let's pray. God, I'm really good at being selfish with my words. God, I struggle to love others more than myself. God, you've called us to community. You've called us to be one. God, we pray that we would be people who would seek unity in our homes, at church, school, work, wherever we're at, God. Help us to be peacemakers. Help us not to be fools. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.